Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Randy Bach. Today is March 9, 2022, and we are here for a, a potential victory lap uh, coronavirus conversation. Uh, COVID-19, uh, the key number there is 19. Uh, now it's 22. We're in 2022. Um, <clears throat> I've been asked a lot of questions over the last few days by people who are still essentially like the Japanese soldier found in 1974 in the Philippines, uh, the last uh, soldier fighting World War II uh, for the Imperial Japanese Army, uh, which had uh, been gone for the prior 29 years, uh, surrendered to General MacArthur and the American forces and so forth. Um, that, that soldier, I can't remember his name, but he actually went on to a certain amount of fame in Japan for having been so stalwart. And uh, he refused to believe the uh, air, air dropped pamphlets by uh, the Americans. Uh, and the Americans knew that. So they uh, had the Japanese new government put them down. Of course, he wouldn't believe that either. Um, and then they brought uh, uh, somebody from the Japanese government to try to find him. This was not a, 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 a mission without some harm. That is to say, the Japanese soldiers continuing uh, carrying on. I think that at first there were a band of three or four of them. They, uh, you know, I think eventually peeled off. So there was just one remaining. But uh, he, he, the, the, that you know, merry band of soldiers wreaked havoc on the Philippine uh, community on the small island. Uh, they were stealing animals and they killed people who got in their way. Uh, they were, uh, you know, they kind of became mytho mythologized as, as ghosts because they didn't uh, come out from their uh, redoubts in the in the hills and whatnot. Uh, the weather was warm, uh, so they managed to live uh, for the duration. Um, you know, carrying on fighting a, a war that doesn't exist uh, is, I guess it, it, you know, got the accolades of certain parts of the Japanese uh, public. Uh, but it's not admirable in and of itself when you are uh, working against, uh, um, I guess, the actual situation such as it is. And when you're working under uh, an illusion, which in a, in a sense becomes delusional uh, in this case. Uh, we are seeing all kinds of evidence of people fighting the last war. Uh, right now, as we can see, there's a new war um, that's captivating you know, much of our attention, uh, sadly. Um, you know, the... Uh, uh, invasion of U uh, Ukraine by uh, Russia. And I'm not going to spend too much time dealing with the geopolitics of that. Um, that would be a separate podcast. But if you're interested, you know, maybe we can chat about that at some point. Um, like everything else, I've got opinions. Uh, you know, everyone who uh, was a COVID expert for the last two or three years uh, is now becoming a Ukraine slash uh, Russia expert and a Putinologist and so forth. Uh, I think there are a lot of uh, interesting um, ways to look back on this. Um, and, you know, if you want to start someplace, I re actually recommend this, an article by Lee Smith. Uh, I think it's Ukraine's big gamble. Uh, I found that as kind of a, a, a good way to uh, position oneself to, to look at that uh, new uh, uh, problem. And uh, probably I won't be doing a video cast weekly on that, uh, not uh, really having that area as my expertise. Um, so what what we learn by the the Japanese soldier? Well, we see this. I see this day by day by day, and you probably do too. Uh, in Massachusetts, probably more than in certain places that we're all free to begin with. Uh, what does that tell us? Uh, in Florida, you don't really see this. You don't see people walking around outdoors with masks because they weren't ingrained that way in the begin to begin with. Now, the the virus really 
you know, speaking of prisoners, takes no prisoners. And since virions are, are I think, 50 microns wide, and they, you know, if, if, if um, you know, if my finger were a virion, it would be going through a doorway uh, when it goes through uh, the passages of any of your masks, uh, including the KN95. I understand there's, you know, a little bit of filtration and some static electrical uh, aspects that might garner some of the uh, things. And if you keep it really, you know, tightly fitted, uh, probably it is a, a way of cutting down on on particulates and uh, virions and so forth. But uh, at, at what expense? Uh, I was at a, a meeting of investors uh, the other night. It's a group I belong to, and they're wonderful people, really brilliant. Um, but it's sad that, that, in a sense, the people who do such firm due diligence on companies and they uh, are, you know, they they look at uh, you know all different aspects of a company. They I don't think they've really been able to duplicate that level of of uh, kind of objective uh, observ observation. Uh, with this last pandemic, and and so be it. I mean, I, I think people yield to expertise such as it is and has been presented. Um, and the, uh, you know, I just I I'm, I'm kind of sad that some of the people who have been presented as our experts and our betters uh, have not really lived up to that. I think there's been a fair amount of politicking, um, and I say this maybe every other week, but you know, the word for uh, politics and public uh, are similar. Uh, same Latin root from the people and pol politics and so forth. And the people in the public health establishment are doing a fair amount of politics. They are jockeying for their own power within government and they're looking for ways to exert their influence. And a lot of them never, you know, really treated patients, didn't have the one-on-one -on -one, uh, satisfaction that personally I've had uh, as a primary care physician uh, many, many decades now. And, um, you know, there's a certain, you can ask Vladimir Putin, I mean, it, there is a certain, I assume, uh, satisfaction of getting, you know, people to jump at your commands and, be, you know, be the, the object, literally, of the world's attention. And, uh, you know, this, people have been circulating on social media, the, the missing poster of Dr. Fauci, you know, have you seen, if you see this man, uh, reward, uh, missing doc, you know, he doesn't seem to be on the scene anymore. Um, so I think that's, you know, he, he's way past, you know, retirement age in, in most industries, including government, uh, long ago. And you think he's 81 or something like that. Um, so he, you know, he really reached his past due date probably in the last pandemic or so. And uh, not, you know, my, my thing lately has been Zika. I'm coming out with a book called Overturning Zika in the next week or two uh, on Kindle and whatnot. Uh, you can get your copy. Um but he kind of mangled that. I mean, they, they, he promised uh, a Zika vaccine, you know, uh, in his version of what he thought would be Operation Warp Speed. He didn't use those words, uh, but he asked people to hold off having babies throughout the tropics. Uh, and the WHO did the same type of thing. They advised uh, women <clears throat> not to become pregnant in a variety of countries and parts of Brazil as well uh, through the uh, uh, Americas, tropical Americas. And, uh, you know, still now it's 2022 and there's no vaccine for Zika out. Um, so, you know, Mr. Trump should be commended on on having really, you know, brought industry and uh, um, and government uh, and expertise and, and, you know, pharmaceutical all together. And, you know, I, I you know, a lot of the, the problems we're having now insofar as the uh, Pfizer and whatnot have, um, you know, they got huge uh lifting of liability for their product in order to get it out. So, um, you know, that was helpful in getting the vaccine to creation. And, you know, that was, a, I think, a good thing overall. Uh, we were under the throes 
of a misapprehension or uh, a lack of understanding, say, of what the virus was. I think it was really difficult because the places it hit first are the most populated places in the United States. It hit absolutely the worst place first, uh, New York City. Uh, and in, in New York City, I'm from New York City myself, the borough of Queens, which now is the single most polyglot place on the planet. I think there are 400 and something uh, different uh, languages, dialects, extant in Queens. And so people don't necessarily talk to each other that much. It's kind of like the... Um, uh, biblical Babel, um, you know, Tower of Babel and so forth, multi you know, many populations, but not necessarily getting along and plus tight spaces, subways, elevators and so forth. So that was the place where, you know, information was hard to diffuse through the kind of insular aspects of certain uh, immigrants and so forth who don't necessarily want to uh, put their heads above, uh, you know, the whack-a-mole kind of thing. And, and, you know, a lot of them are illegal uh, and whatnot. So there was um, you know, there was kind of an aggrandizement of what the numbers would be, and, and we didn't have really good testing then, so the case fatality rate seemed to be much higher than it was. Obviously, of course, uh, it was, uh, you know, made worse by the, you know, reinfection of people who were still uh, positive uh, in terms of uh, their breath and whatnot, passing the virus back into the nursing home. So uh, there was an augmentation of, of nursing home deaths that led to uh, likely much more of a um, hysteria than there should have been. Um, getting back to Zika, uh, there was, you know, also an aggrandizement of, a, you know, panic basically that made the Zika microcephaly problem much worse than it actually it was. And if you're interested in that, again, uh, contact me and I'll, uh, you know, go into that further. Um, so what do we have to learn from this? Well, you know, throughout there, there I mean, before there was a, a vaccine, um, there were potential treatments and I, I still don't know fully the data on HCQ or ivermectin, but they've been, you know, lambasted throughout as, you know, the famous horse dewormer um, narrative. And, and you know, insofar as, you know, COVID seems to have passed, um, you know, I think there will be more coronavirus just for the record. I'm not saying this that's the case. I think Omicron is kind of the, the first phase of the next phase of uh, a coronavirus that has calm down and self-attenuated into something mild enough that it's just basically a common cold or maybe slightly worse than a common cold and eventually become just a common common cold. Um, those things are going to be around and people can stay masked uh, for those if they want, but I think it's, it's pointless and fruitless and we've never done that before. And I think, that, you know, people miss out on the costs uh, in human interaction. You know, again, getting back to my investment group, uh, usually at meetings uh, a couple of years ago, there were uh, in person, I think 30, 35 people, maybe 40. And it's a, you know, a lot more interaction, a lot more fun. Uh, people learn much more from the um, people who are doing the, you know, the entrepreneur, entrepreneurial investments uh, pitches. When they can see them up close, they can look at the product. Uh, some of the products that people are trying, it's kind of like Shark Tank, I guess, a little bit uh, with a bigger uh, number of judges. Um, but some of the products, you know, you really want to touch and feel. I mean, in this case, uh, one of the products, is kind of an orthopedic type thing. And he didn't, you know, the, the guy who's doing the pitch lived locally and does live locally. And he didn't show up for the meeting because, you know, he, no, you know, I think his wife is pregnant, they're worried, et cetera. You know, young people should not have had any worries about this. And it's a matter of misinformation to have, have worried them to this extent. So I think he suffered a little bit because nobody really got on the bandwagon for his device because they didn't understand how it would do certain functions, which if he had one in front of us, would have accomplished that. So Zoom is okay for certain things and it was okay for this, I guess, but it doesn't, doesn't give you that real sensibility that we get from you know seeing everything in three dimensions. Uh, I suppose you could put on a, um, 
you know, some kind of uh, augmented reality goggles, but then, then you're still beholden on the person who's doing holding the camera. On your own, you can do things on your own. Um, so th this may shock you, but I'm, you know, I guess a little bit of an outlier. And so within the group, you know, I didn't understand why we're going to be in the same room. It's a huge auditorium kind of room. Um, not quite a full auditorium, but, you know, uh, uh, 20 foot high ceilings, you know, I can't you know, tell you precisely the dimensions, probably, you know, 100 by 50 or something like that. And, you know, and uh, an auditorium for fit for, you know, I don't know, 200 people or something like that, 150. And here we were, very few of us. And, you know, people are going to be masked. Uh, the college into which we uh, have this meeting has somewhat, um, I guess they're not very clear rules. You know, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. And everybody within the group is multiply vaccinated. And, you know, easily they could have taken them off and they're taking them off during dinner anyway. You know, a good third of the meeting involves questions and answers and dinner, um, snacks, you know, hors d'oeuvres and whatnot. And people have the mask on. You know, nobody can really fit the food in without that. So, you know, it, it just... Which is it? You know, if there were some toxic gas out there and you're going to sit in a room and, and, and you had some face saving, literally face saving uh, device like scuba gear or whatever, so you wouldn't, you know, get it. But then you can take the mask off for the hour while the toxic gas is there and then you put it back on. I, I just really don't catch the sense of that. I think everybody else does that, you know, understood that. But then there's kind of like this social pressure. We don't want to be the ones that are pointed at and, and we don't want, you know, to get approbation. But, you know, there's... I, I've had this in multiple of my um, community spheres. I, I belong to an, you know, a couple, two different uh, kind of sports clubs, uh, tennis and whatnot, and um, uh, a religious uh, group, congregation. And the same thing is kind of carrying on. A couple of these groups are still you know, wanting to be more severe than even the state of Massachusetts has been in the state of Massachusetts has been absurdly severe, um, going on far too long and keeping kids uh, masked up even now. Um, we uh, are caretakers for a, uh, a young girl on occasion, and uh, you know she's kind of not quite our granddaughter, but you know pseudo, I guess. And we've watched her grow up through the years, and, and the last couple of years have been really tough. Um, you know she doesn't, you know, really kind of she's new to the area where her new school is, and um, you know I don't think people make friends in the same way to the same extent as they used to, and. You know, it's like, when does this stop? I, I don't really understand. You know, I was looking at um, uh, a photo from uh, one of the Massachusetts education unions, teachers unions, and they're all, all the teachers, uh, let's say middle-aged, I think they're all women, middle-aged, and they're all lined up outside for their photograph and they're all wearing masks. Um, this is not for coronavirus, that's a that's a message thing. So the, the the you know the kind of the show aspect of this is messaging, and so we are social beings. I get that, and we do things in groups. And you know, I am I guess you know I'm looking at myself right here. You know, I'm wearing a tie. I mean, I, there's no real reason to wear a tie. I guess uh, it's not holding anything up. I think maybe when they started, they were keeping your shirts together. People didn't have buttons or something like that. I'm wearing a jacket. I'm you know, not out fox hunting or whatever these jackets got uh, made for to begin with. I get it. So we, you know, have various social aspects. We wear our hair a certain way, you know, so forth. But a mask needn't be one of them. And and if they're being pushed on a health basis, not as, you know, a style aspect, you know, I, I understand if you go to Afghanistan, probably now, the women are all going to be masked. And they were masked um, <clears throat> before we went in 2003 or, excuse me, 2001. And they're going to be masked again. Uh, before that, you know, people may not realize that uh, up until the um, 1960s and the 1970s, 
Now, Afghanistan, you know, the women didn't wear masks at all. It, it was like, um, I don't know, Greece or Turkey or whatever, or Western part of Turkey and so forth, where people didn't, you know, women didn't wear masks. And it became, you know, so people, you know, these things come and go is my point, but they are social aspects and they're religious aspects and they're legal aspects, um, but they're not there. I don't think anybody really puts out that they're there to uh, stop viruses. Uh, they are out there, you know, I think women are, are you know, kind of uh, bound up uh, because uh, they, uh, you know, for, for social, sexual, uh, marital, uh, you know, familial reasons to kind of keep jealousy down and, and, and manage things, whatever. But, you know, I don't think anybody really, you know, portends that these are, uh, or pretends that they are, you know, matters for infectious disease. Anyway, um, so do we have anything useful to cover tonight? Um, let me see if I can uh, uh, pull up something that might be of interest um, in my glasses. Uh, so I guess first I I just have a quick slideshow and I'm going to go over the slideshow. Um, I'll pull it up here. So what do we have here? It's over. Um, uh, this is a Walmart uh, clearance sale on masks. Um, $3 each, they were $12. Um, I think, you know, the, the market oftentimes will tell us things that we already know. Uh, this is, I've had this slide up uh, three weeks in a row. Um, I, I, I leave this up because it's pertinent to what the Surgeon General says in one of the next slides. Um, the CDC basically has withheld critical data on boosters, hospitalizations until recently wastewater analysis, and they have not been releasing this. You know, so when we've wanted to look at data and talk about what things work, whether, you know, this treatment works or, you know, how well the booster works or how well this works, we don't get to see it. I mean, who, you know, who pays for this? We do. And, and we deserve, you know, if you go buy, I don't know, a loaf of bread, you get that loaf of bread. You don't get withheld from you. Um, so at the same time that, you know, a lot of people who are trying to bring, you know, some counter narratives um, to what the government presents, you know, either through social media, uh, their own fact checkers, or, or now in a sense from government, um, the facts have a hard time getting out. They're basically held hostage uh, to more powerful forces. Uh, we create lists of politically dangerous people and drive them to society so the bad people won't take over. Um, so, you know, government, when that, you know, if it's doing it for your team, uh, such as, you know, I, the term safetyism, it's, it's a kind of an epithet. Um, but I'm in discussion with a MD, PhD friend of mine, and there's pretty, probably no COVID regulation, uh, you know, that he hasn't found, uh, favorable uh, or useful. Um, and I, you know, I point out that a lot of what, you know, people think is safetyism or what we call safetyism, all the dictates of, you know, keeping uh, information down, having information come through one governmental source, uh, making people do stuff against their will, you know, acting as a, as a group societally. And that is the nature of fascism. The fasci is the, you know, from the Roman, um, the idea is you bring the sticks together uh, and then you bind them tight, they're more powerful than they are individually. So that's literally called the fascia. So you, you're familiar with this term for, you know, when you have fasciitis, the tendons uh, are all grouped together. So fascism is when you group everything together and you have more strength, uh, one would uh, think. And so 
you know, this is in a sense, whether you want to tie it to the Nazis or not, or Mussolini, this is literally fascism when you have kind of a state directed uh, authoritarian aspect where, where speech is limited and only a single uh, viewpoint is allowed. Um, this is from 2021 from the New York Times. This is an op-ed piece. Uh, don't go down the rabbit hole. Critical thinking as we're uh, taught to do it um, isn't helping in the fight against um, misinformation. <laughs> so, you know, this is all wonderful. If, if somebody agrees with you, then they're good. And if they disagree with you, they're bad. And what, if they came to a conclusion different from you, then they uh, no, no, don't know how critically to think. Uh, this is circular, absurd, and idiotic. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, the Surgeon General uh, calls on big tech to turn over COVID-19 misinformation. So this is actually called begging the question. A lot of people uh, think they're begging the question uh, when they mean that something brings up a question. But but begging the question is when you uh, put in some false part and you expect everyone, everyone, it's like if you had a, you know, when you want to give uh, your dog a pill, uh, basically in a sense, you're begging the pill, you're begging the question, you're putting the pill inside something nice and he's not going to notice it and you're going to get, you know, slip that in. So if you want to have him take, uh, I don't know, at one point, one of our dogs took doggy Prozac, um, you know, you wrap it up in a little piece of, I don't know, uh, salami or something like that. You know, there he goes. That's in a sense begging the question. So here, uh, begging the question is uh, to turn over COVID-19 misinformation. So the begging the questions portion is, you know, what they're calling mis misinformation, which is stuff that disagrees with them. It's not necessarily misinformation by any, you know, reasonable standard of the term, uh, because you know, frankly, the science is has not been proven. This is a, an ongoing uh, data research aspect. You know, throughout 2020. Uh, 2021 and so forth. And there's no way you can have science. There's thoughts and there's ideas and there might be correlations, uh, but to call this uh, misinformation. So this is kind of a bullying aspect uh, that the government is doing. And again, this is emblematic of, you know, the, the term, uh, you know, of those bundle of sticks together. So I, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but uh, you can read, you know, maybe pause and read this yourself. Um, but, you know, this is, uh, you know, uh, technology companies now have the opportunity to become transparent with the American people about the misinformation. You know, so th these, you know, th these are platforms and they either are one thing or the other. They're either publishers or they are uh, passive purveyors of information. So, you know, when you pick up the telephone classically, you know, when it's days of AT&T and whatnot, uh, AT&T couldn't limit what you said on the telephone. They are just really uh, a conduit. And and the social media have have gotten by some of the um, uh, libel uh, liability and slander and whatnot by saying that they are merely just like that. They're like AT&T, uh, the telephone company, they're just, you know, letting information go by. So they, they, they shouldn't be, you know, kind of branded or, you know, made to be the, the, the policeman of what the government happens to think is, is information or correct or incorrect information either way. Um, these things tend to sort out. You know, if I stayed on the internet every night and announced, uh, I don't know, uh, the sky is green, um, you know, uh, frogs uh, can sing opera um, outside of cartoons. Um, you know, I, I think I could do that for a while and I, I wouldn't really get a following. The amazing part about social media is that that things tend to aggregate and accrue to those that, that resonate. Um, so there, there can be, you know, certain wars. I mean, right now we see all kinds of culture wars about, you know, what is a man? What is a woman? Uh, what does it mean, you know, to say you're this or that? Um, you know, can, can, I mean, as a, as a counterpoint to that, at one point I, I told somebody in jest um, that I wanted to, uh, you know, I wanted to be trans-ageist. 
uh, I wanted to, you know, go around and be a 15 year old and, you know, go to high school and so forth, because, you know, why not go on the track team? And I mean, I probably would really be terrible, but, you know, I, I would definitely, you know, be able to ace all the co you know, courses I might not have at the beginning. You know, I don't really want to do that. But, um, but my respondent said, you, you can't do that. That's impossible. You can't change your age. Like, oh, okay, well, there you go. Um, but so some things you can change, some things you can't. But anyway, those are all matters of, of reasonable societal debate. And whatever you agree to here, uh, if you agree that, uh, you know, some boys, you know, who, from yesterday who think they today are girls can go in a locker room. Well, that may not fly uh, in Iran, may not fly in um, uh, Belarus or Poland, whatever. And so these places get to adjudicate to a certain extent. Um, but it's on a societal basis. Things do change. And, you know, a lot of places that didn't believe X or Y, they, they go ahead and do it. And they might go back to go, you know, A, B and C once once things uh, pan out. You know, a lot of the most you know culturally liberal places in Europe are now, you know, the, 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 the kind of the birthing population and the population demographic is turning more um, Muslim. And I think the most popular single uh, boy's name in you know, this is a few years ago. I haven't checked this lately, but in, you know, say Denmark and Germany and England is, you know, whatever variant of Muhammad. Um, so if, if you're going to be, you know, kind of transing the kids in elementary school, that's going to have a religious pushback and, and so be it. But and you can debate it and maybe not debate it. You know, you wouldn't be able to debate this in Iran uh, from the con contrary point. So, you know, if you want to be in Iran or a place like that, then then clearly, you know, stop any kind of discourse and information. If you want to have a place where your set point is created by your social mores, then you need to have them out and about. So um, so six months ago, Dr. Murthy uh, used his first formal advisory um, uh, broadside against tech and social media companies. But basically, this is this is you. Uh, you are, you know, the tech and social media companies. Frankly, they're already doing the bidding of, uh, you know, kind of the the left of center uh, authoritarian aspects who what I call safetyists or part of safetyism. So there's really not much else they need to go about doing here. Um, so let, let's kind of move on, you know, and if they do, uh, they, they're basically using the tech companies as as a branch of government. And some of them are very, you know, far too willing, in, in my view, to go along with this. And that's why, you know, things get fact checked out of existence. That's why uh, there's kind of a, like a huge, uh, you know, uproar uh, when Joe Rogan has uh, Dr. Malone on and, and whatnot. And people want to close platforms down. There is one side that seems to be much louder than the other uh, in ways they approach things. Um, this is a slide. Maybe I'll show you the, the page uh, in a little bit. This is a Dr. Tess Lowry. And I think she's on with a, um, she's kind of in a, a, she put out a video to point out some factual um, aspects of misinformation. Uh, in, this is from the UK. And there's there's a doctor, Andrew Hill. Uh, I think he's uh, out of Liverpool and then part of, you know, kind of the epidemiologic community. And uh, he, uh, um, he was kind of on board with her about trying something. You know, there's, uh, you know, we when when President Trump was there, you know, he passed had a bill passed. Uh, I forget the name of it, but basically, if there's no other treatment around, you can go ahead and do this treatment. You can do experimental treatment. I think it's the right to try or something like that. And and in the first year, 2020 uh, of COVID-19, uh, there was no treatment around. There was no vaccine. And, and there's, you know, people were dying and they were very, very ill. There's no sense not trying certain things. You know, we wouldn't have Viagra um, if people hadn't been willing to try something. That was a, a 
that was a cardiac pill, basically like a nitro to open up the arteries. And, you know, if people weren't had their minds open about what Viagra could be. Uh, ditto uh, Rogaine and Propecia for hair. Uh, one was a blood pressure. The other was a prostate uh, pill, aspirin for heart attacks. You know, that, you know, that's an, th those are secondary uses. You know, it turns out ivermectin is, you know, reasonably safe, uh, kind of anti-parasitical antibiotic and hydro hydroxychloroquine has some anti-malarial aspects and anti-inflammatory. I'm not, I'm not endorsing them, but you know, there were studies, ivermectin had been around for a long time and, and both these are FDA approved for other reasons. And to call them horse dewormer, that kind of stuff, that was all craziness. That That's total misinformation. So, you know, a little bit like O.J. Simpson, you know, when, when he wanted to uh, uh, find the killer, you know, he, he wanted to empower people to find, uh, you know, uh, Nicole uh, Simpson's uh, killer. And and obviously he was looking in the mirror. So I think Dr. Vivek Mur uh, Murthy uh, should, you know, consider the same thing. Uh, that's my dog exiting. Um, I guess he's heard en <laughs> enough. He may not want to hear any criticism of Dr. Murthy. Um, so I'll send you a link to this. And so she actually, you know, she recorded her Zoom call. Uh, and I think there might be Zoom calls plural with Dr. Hill. And to see him now kind of like try to backtrack, he was on board with this. And then something happened. There was some ghost, you know, with, in, in his paper, a shadow reviewer, shadow writer. And, and it seems to me governmental that made him come back from the possibilities like, well, yeah, why not try it? Why we should have the right to try. There's nothing else going on. People are being locked down. Whatnot. And a lot of them are, you know, very ill, elderly and so forth. Let's try something. Why don't we do this? And so the aftermath is, is going to be, you know, if, if there's actual free flow of information, it should be, you know, the people should get what Andrew Cuomo should have gotten. He got, you know, kind of taken out of office, but really for a secondary issue with, you know, the womanizing and whatnot. But, you know, I think really there was to get him out of view is kind of withdraw without bringing this topic up of all the mismanagement and the misinformation. The mismanagement did not come from individuals striving for answers and, and, and using open debate. It, it came from government. So there's a little bit more, you know, it's a sadness because, uh, you know, he shouldn't look that happy. Um, just like that, COVID is gone. Um, because people, you know, I, I guess they have you, you kind of a singular focus to, to look at some things, not others. And this is a similar uh, slide here. Uh, the media, um, you know, want to uh, move on from coronavirus. Uh, and here's a similar, you know, meme that people have been saying, if it saves one life to war, you know, so it, it's kind of like the, the, you know, the, if they had, you know, any, any principles, I forget how this one goes, but, um, you know, their only principle is to have no principles, I guess. Um, it's a matter of expedience and whatever works at any particular moment. Oops, I want to go back on this one. Um, whoops, I'm going back the wrong way. Sorry. Uh, so here it is. <laughs> you know, I hate anti-vaxxers. Oh, Russians, you hate Russians now. So everyone's kind of kind of being reprogrammed a little bit uh, for the next fight. Um, but before we leave uh, this last one, um, these two slides have similar poses. It's kind of a interesting um, parallel. I'm glad we got our boosters. What is it? Uh, uh, it's climate change. <laughs> uh, sad. Uh, this young girl, uh, I don't know her, Stanford soccer uh, goalie, I think, uh, Katie Meyer, dead at 22. Uh, I've, there, there's just, you know, I showed some uh, data from FIFA, which is the World Soccer Organization, not, you know, for not just the major leagues, but all the minor 
uh, leagues and, and um, anybody who's paid, I guess. And there were something like five times more sudden deaths uh, in the last 12 months than there had been in any of the average of the previous, I don't know, 10 or whatever. And and this is only coincident with the vaccine's existence. So that's not that's not data either. Now, just like we can't say anything conclusively about ivermectin, we can't say conclusively about the vaccine, but we can say that that you can't talk about it. And so the misinformation aspect is really about what you can and can't talk about. Um, so I think that does it for that slide. So let me just um, kind of switch back here. Um, Oh, actually, I got a couple more here on my slideshow. Um, here we go. So maybe this is not quite relevant. Uh, you can pause these, you've probably seen these already. Uh, so this is not misinformation and this is not information. Uh, so a lot of times the, what the government gives is just kind of pablum, uh, which I don't know if that's still around or a term, but it's kind of baby food uh, chewed up in tiny little pieces. And um, you know, in this case, it was kind of like oatmeal. Uh, mush. And and here we have, uh, you know, uh, potentially our 47th president. Um, and uh, Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country, uh, decides to invade a smaller country. So basically that's wrong. Now, it doesn't it kind of um, doesn't beg, but it brings up the question, uh, you know, what happens when a smaller country invades a larger country? Is that OK? Um, VP? Uh, I don't know. And the one the quote on the left, uh, I don't really necessarily want to parse. Um, so this one is about Ukraine, you know, and again, it's now that's the focus. Uh, and with good reason, you know, we, World War III is going to be bigger than COVID um, if that, it, you know, sadly happens. But, uh, you know, in, in 2018, if, you know, if, if people would just, you know, do the minimum research before spouting off and then, you know, 2022, kick Russia out of NATO, never been in NATO, uh, it's counter NATO and so forth. Uh, so. You know, we've seen a lot of the experts on Ukraine and they were, you know, they're just getting, you know, kind of peeling off from being experts on everything else like uh, COVID. Uh, so the new era, uh, I brought this up, but this is a sad, this is from the Wall Street Journal, which I think is an excellent newspaper for the most part, about how to help kids navigate the new era of no mask school. And, you know, give them, uh, give them the choice, uh, you know, whether to keep masks on. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think so. I think you have to kind of, with kids, you don't give them choices about everything. Um, you don't give them kids, you know, choices on, you know, what they want to wear if they're going to a, a school with a dress code. And you got to give them direction. They're there, you know, not to kind of play around, not to trade uh, theories. They're there to be given facts and useful facts uh, of how to how to operate and navigate in society. Uh, is that the last slide here? Nope. Uh, oh, this is from CBS. So I did my own little study. Um, I was out and about, and we don't have to wear masks in stores, but, you know, I, it's Massachusetts. I'd say at CVS, 95% of people were wearing masks, pretty much everybody but me, uh, whether, you know, they're working there or their customers and so forth. I don't know. It's some kind of sanctified quasi-medical place, although people are just buying, you know, they can buy Skittles there as well. Um, be one step closer tomorrow. This is the uh, current um, pamphlet there. Um, and she's got her mask on. Great getting a vaccine. Uh, the vaccine, again, is for COVID-19. Uh, that's many, 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 many strains ago. Uh, I think it has minimal use at this point. Um, and again, Omicron is not that bad in future ones, neither. Um, this is just kind of a, a quirky side uh, aspect. You know, I encountered this yesterday at um, our investor group. 
um, people put masks on to ask questions, and there's also a Zoom meeting, microphones. It was very difficult for people to understand uh, the other people speaking, and they were not understandable when they're wearing occlusive masks. In this case, there was a deaf woman at a store, I think Dunkin' Donuts, and she um, uh, she didn't have her cell phone or whatever could do, like, translate for her. Uh, and the, the the guys behind the um, counter would keep only kept their masks on. She was like, I can't understand you. I can't lip read while you're wearing those. And, and they wouldn't take them off. And they're young people, not likely to get ill, uh, but rules are rules are rules are rules. And this is kind of a silliness. And so, you know, what we've come to is, you know, I think it's Stockholm syndrome. Um, and it's ironic because he would have been in, essentially in stocks with that. Uh, it's an older term, uh, stockade and whatnot, when you are, are latched onto something. But here he is. Um, and I don't think that's Putin, but uh, maybe a little bit of a lookalike. But, you know, clinging on to masks and lockdowns as a way of comfort. I, I read uh, ages ago, there was a study. Again, I, I don't have the accuracy of this necessarily that, uh, you know, people who are depressed actually were happier on, on cloudy and rainy days. I've actually experienced that sometimes myself without fully being depressed. And and supposedly the rationale is like, well, when it's raining, nobody's be, nobody's doing anything. So the fact that I'm not doing anything on any other day, it makes it a little bit easier for me to kind of get along with the concept of not doing anything today because nobody's doing anything today. So it, it kind of alleviates my level of, of insecurity at not being socially active because today it's such a bad storm that nobody can be. Uh, I think there's some aspect of this uh, with the masks and lockdowns. Um, I don't know. I think people just really need to reorder um, some of their priorities. Um, and again, I think some, some of this is what's going on outside. Um, and I think that is officially, oops, oh, this is officially my last slide. And just like that, uh, Democrats brought back the pandemic, the depression, uh, the um, race riots, gas lines. Uh, he forgot World War. Um, you know, I think there's some uh, consideration that uh, um you know, the World War II actually uh, was made more likely by, uh, you know, the Depression, um, which was, I think, made stretched out by the New Deal and so forth. But that's another day in the topic. Uh, let's see, I did have a um, question here. Is my video frozen? Uh, if that's the case, that's really sad. Um, I don't know what to say about that. Um, I hope it's not, I hope it didn't remain frozen. Um, and I hope things unfroze. At any rate, I'm going to call it a night. I'm not going to go through a lot of facts and figures. Maybe as there's some things to look at. Maybe let's see if there's anything else to look at. Um, uh, I'll just I'll just go over some of the headlines that I had here. Uh, I just got to pull up the uh, screen. Um, so this is this is the U.S. Senate. Um, I don't think it's going to pass. Um, the House and whatnot, but uh, the Republicans in the Senate want to make a, a measure uh, to end the state of emergency. I think that's very reasonable. This war uh, is long over. Um, is an interesting, um, this is how Russia and um, COVID kind of overlap. We saw some of this um, with COVID that certain people who are unvaxxed shouldn't be treated. You know, we never did this for people who are obese um, or long-term smokers. We never said, oh, you're a bad person. You shouldn't have done that. We're not going to treat you. Um, but uh, here it's, um, we should, ref you know, refuse to, to treat Russian patients. I, I think this is, um, this is unethical. Um, this is the article I think I mentioned to you about the masks. Um, uh, 
U.S. virologist close to Wuhan lab quietly calls for investigation. So I'll, I'll put these links up. Um, this is, again, kind of the postmortem, uh, no pun intended, about COVID. Um, Uh, U.S. Homeland Security Department includes issues terrorism ad advisory to include vaccine dissent. Uh, this is this is shocking. Um, I don't know if people are going to be shocked. They're going to have other things, things to be shocked about in the meanwhile. Um, this is the video I mentioned about Tess Laurie. Uh, hey, Dr. Andrew Hill, the man who, you know, I'm not saying, she says who killed millions. I think that ivermectin would have been better. If it, if it does work, it'll, will everyone look stupid for having withheld it and, and, and ask for more and more and more studies when there was no other treatment around. Um, uh, this article here, how the CDC abandoned science. Uh, I have not had a chance to finish this, um, but I, I've heard it's good and I recommend it uh, because from people who told me it was good. Um, this one here is, uh, I think, unproven. Uh, COVID may cause brain to degenerate three times faster than normal. I think that's really impossible to say so early out. And the, the, the amounts they're talking about are minuscule. But I do think that, uh, you know, I've, I've often joked that, you know, talking about um, COVID uh, or seeing people walking around masks has given me a, a you know, version of, of Tourette's uh, because I wind up, you know, muttering, uh, curse words under my breath at the absurdity of all. Anyway, so I think that might be an end for me tonight. I hope you enjoyed this. Um, and if you didn't, uh, let me know. If you did, let me know. Uh, and I hope it, we didn't stay frozen the whole time. So have a good night. Thank you so much.